What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar, and I'm joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well, and we are now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK Show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. On this episode of the TSK Show, Tyler and I will recap the first two nights of the NBA season. Obviously, we will dive deep into the matchup between the Lakers and Clippers from opening night. We'll also discuss a lot of young players who are eligible for contract extensions in a game called Good Deal or Bad Deal. All right, let's start the show. Welcome you to the sports kingdom What's up, TP? Back for another episode after a quick little break. Uh, watching this Thursday night football here. 16-6 to right now. Vikings over the Redskins. Dwayne Haskins in for the, the Redskins now after they took Case Keenum out. Redskins are idiots. <laughs> but uh, this is going to be a basketball-focused episode. Uh, last episode we did was uh, obviously our NFL Week 8 preview episode. But the NBA is back. It's the best time of the year, like we said. All four major sports going at once. World Series, hockey, thick of the NFL season, and the start of the NBA season. And there was a lot of anticipation in the city over the days leading up to to Tuesday night. Lakers versus Clippers, opening night at Staples Center. Clippers' first home game as the the new look. Clippers, Lakers' first uh, first game as the new look Lakers with with AD and LeBron James and, and the band of shooters that they signed. Yeah. The Clippers, obviously, with Kawhi Leonard, they they were missing their their other star acquisition, Paul George, who uh, is still recovering from yeah, uh, PG, shoulder surgery. If PG played, that would have been honestly just the perfect setup for a game one. Yeah, and uh, the Lakers were also without Kyle Kuzma, so uh, he's also been ruled out for Friday night's uh, home opener against the Jazz that I will be attending. Another bummer. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's. Uh, going to be a fun night for, uh, tomorrow night, but let's talk about opening night. Obviously, the Clippers won 112-102. to 102. They were led by Kawhi Leonard's 30 points, 6 rebounds, and 5 assists. Lou Williams added 21 points of his own, grabbed 5 rebounds, and had 7 assists. Kawhi shot 10-19 and 19 from the field, and Lou Will was 8-14. of 14. They combined for only uh, two three-pointers, but they... Both were having their way with the Lakers' defense. The Lakers were led by Danny Green, who scored 28 points and added seven rebounds. He shot 10 of 14 overall from the field. He was ready to go. Yeah, he he knocked down seven of nine three-point shots in his Lakers debut. Green now holds the franchise record for points in a debut. He passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's 27-point mark. 
No way. Yeah. Oh, How my. crazy is that? That's so funny. Danny Green. I can't wait to see that graphic thrown up someday. It's like, great Laker debuts. Number one, Danny fucking Green. Danny Green, 28 points. Dude, Kareem, that's so funny. Kareem had 27 in 1975 in his debut. <laughs> Kareem, so, uh, Kareem didn't score as much as fucking Danny did last night. Yeah. Two nights ago. Yeah. So... Hats off to no, Danny Green on Danny. that. He's Tariel. He's the man. Yeah. So, another debut for the Lakers. Obviously, Anthony Davis. He added 25 points of his own. Grabbed nine rebounds, five assists. He shot 8 of 21 from the field. So, he could have been a little bit more efficient from the field. But you got to credit the Clippers' defense. They definitely were able to alter a lot of 80s attempts out there. LeBron scored 18 points, had 10 rebounds and 8 assists. He was 7 of 19 from the field and a dismal 1 of 5 from 3-point. And before we get to what went wrong with the Lakers, I have to give credit to the Clippers, man. One. Uh, Kawhi just keeps doing it to people. Yeah, I mean, one, that was the best Clippers team I've ever seen, and it's all because of Kawhi. In my 25 years of life, that was the best Clippers team I've ever seen. Oh, my God. You know, Pat Bev. It's guys like Pat Bev and Lou Will. They really make that team's identity just... Don't forget Montrezl Harrell, man. No, Montrezl, for sure, he's in there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they they just got they got an identity and a swag and an underdog chip. And then they got the underdog superstar of all time and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, and listen, Kawhi Leonard is the best player the Clippers franchise has ever had. Hands down. He's played one game for the team, and I'm... Already perfectly okay with saying he's the best franchise player they've ever had. Yeah, he's yeah he's got to be the best like guy in their prime. You know, I would take him over over CP3 and Blake Griffin. Those are probably definitely this team's better yeah. than those Lop City teams. Yeah, I mean, I mean they look they look like they're going to be a lot better than those Lop City. Those Lop City teams won playoff series, all right? They weren't just they never made it past the second round. I'm not trying to say they're all time grades. I'm just saying they weren't. They were nothing. Okay. Well, anyway, Doc, I want to talk about him for a second. Doc Rivers came up with the perfect scheme offensively and defensively to beat the Lakers, and he, he straight up outcoached Frank Vogel on Tuesday night. Yeah, well, I think that goes to, you know, ultimately why I think the Lakers lost, but I think that goes to this is his, he's been with the Clippers, he's been with some of these guys. It's like him, him Lou Will, Montrez just like, just like stunned the world last year by you know doing what they did. Yeah. And uh, so I mean I think that the the Lakers what happened was they were just so stoked. I mean they were so pumped up. They tried to go out there. They tried to go out there and like just crush them, you know. But I think the Clippers are a better basketball team than that. And then what happened was is they ended up not being able to crush them. And then a panic sets in, not a panic, but like a mild panic where it's like, okay, now what do we turn to? And then you realize you haven't been playing with these guys at all. Uh, you don't know, you know, you got all this like bullshit about, oh, LeBron's playing the point. It's like, oh, LeBron's always brought the ball up. You know, he's always played. The, it's just who are you starting with LeBron? Yeah. Nah. You know, are you playing a point guard with LeBron? That's how it should be phrased. It's like, yes, LeBron, you know, you can just... That's some, like, media, you know, just, like, making talk BS. But what happens is, like, at the end of the game, when there's no point guard with LeBron on the court, then it's, like, and you're struggling, then who's running the team? 
it's a they got to figure out a lot of stuff. Yeah, and and they weren't playing a slouch team. Like they may have gotten the dub and like figured out how to win, but against good teams, they gotta they gotta get their shit tight, more tight. You know, play more, play more together. You know, be with Vogel more, be with Braun more, be with Ant more, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now on defense for the Clippers, they they switched a lot of pick and rolls, and that went really well for them. And it meant the Lakers ended up settling for a lot of jump shots, and they weren't falling except really for Danny Green. And when you have a majority of your lineup out there as shooters, and they got to knock down shots, plain and simple. And then on the other hand, those pick and rolls didn't involve LeBron and Anthony Davis. They completely abandoned the pick and roll between LeBron and Anthony Davis that everyone was raving about in the preseason, that everyone was talking about how this team has a top duo in the league, and yeah. at the end of the day, they didn't look like it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I mean. They got to they gotta work on that more. They have to feel comfortable with it. There's... There's things that they've done as individual players 10,000 times that they're going to revert back to in a game scenario before they revert back to the four months they've spent working on the pick and roll. It's like they've put a lot of time in since they've been together working on it, but they're not comfortable, I think, in a game where they're like on the same page. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't even have to like communicate verbally or, or eyesight or nothing. They just know what each other's thinking because they've done it so much. That's when the Lakers are going to be really tough, tough to uh, stop. But it's definitely a concerning first game, like organizational wise. It just looked like they didn't know what they were doing, and there wasn't like as much effort later in the game. Started out, I feel like they had a lot of good energy, but yeah, they started out. In but the first I think, quarter but like I said, I think that it, it got to the point where it's like, oh fuck, we can't just like come in here. And have a good energy and let LeBron just like beat him by himself. This this team has like arguably the best player in the world, and the Clippers are a contender, whether you like it or not. So you know, f- trying to figure it out on a fly is not going to fucking work with the Clips. Yeah, no, and I mean, I'm confident in saying after Tuesday night, Kawhi is the best player in the world right now. Yeah, I mean, he, if so, yeah, he is. But there's there's another guy out there that is too. I can't say it. one guy <laughs> definitively. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're talking about how LeBron is and has been a point guard. Now, what happened? What happened on Tuesday when LeBron James was the primary ball handler for the Lakers, which was the majority of the game because Rajon Rondo was out. Yeah, and that definitely, as much as I hate to say it, it affected the Lakers strategy. Yeah, you need a point guard with Bron you need a point guard with Braun. That doesn't mean Braun's not playing the point. Right. It's like cool in theory to not have like not have another point guard with Braun, but it also is just like it's nice to have another playmaker out there with Braun. It's it, I just think it's shown to be more effective than having like shooters. You know, like rather than him being the, like going at it that way and just getting him a bunch of shooters, it's like Nah, it was nice when Dwayne Wade and Kyrie could take the rock every now and then right. and make a play. That's where I think, you know, like I think LeBron plays a lot of point, even with a point, so it doesn't really matter, like, start a point. Yeah, but like you were saying, when it comes to having shooters out there, on Tuesday night when LeBron would drive to the bucket, the Clippers' strategy was to have their defenders stay home on the shooters, don't collapse on the paint and 
going to help defense. And what LeBron would do is end up trying to facilitate like he tries to do. And he would just end up turning the ball over and the Lake, the Clippers defenders would just be able to get the ball and it was off to the races from there. Well, I bet you this. I bet this more than any other season is just because he's coming off missing the playoffs. Bron's gonna Bron's gonna hit the panic button way faster this season than he would. Like he's not trying to leave it up to chance. You know, like last year it was just like, nah, they're good, they're good, they're good the whole way. And then they ended up not making it. Like I think that he's not he's gonna hit the panic button like early. Like first twenty games if if they start slipping. And I think that that's when we finally can see maybe an insertive scoring LeBron with Anthony Davis, you know, just trying to get buckets. Yeah, and I mean, when you have shooters on the roster that you're paying to go out there and shoot, you have a trio in KCP, Troy Daniels, and Quinn Cook going a combined one for ten from three-point and only scoring ten points combined to three players. That's That's not... That's not going to get the job done when LeBron's looking to be a facilitator like he was on Tuesday night. Yeah, no, and if you're gonna if you're gonna go that route, they better hit the shots. So exactly, that's, that's, what, that's what they're getting paid for, and and everyone is most upset with KCP because he played 27 minutes and scored zero points. He was also the secondary defender on Kawhi Leonard when. No, when I Danny think Green KCP. I, I I don't give I don't give KCP any heat for that kind of stuff because. I do think that he's one of the pivotal defenders. I, I actually like well, If he's a pivotal I, defender, it was a poor performance on Kawhi Leonard. Well, that's a pretty he tough... He got cooked. That's a tough ask from a 6'5 guard. I mean, it's... It, it, but that's that's his job. He's got to play the best. He's got to play the best players every night. Him, Avery, Danny Green, I like that combination. And then having, you know, Ant playing the best bigs. Danny Green was the only player that really stepped up besides Anthony Davis and LeBron James, quote-unquote. Which they didn't step up because they exactly. lost. They lost, so it's like you can't can't take that. Even, like, LeBron could get his stat line 18, what, 18, 10, and 8? Yeah. Yeah, he can get that with... He can get that with his eyes closed. Would not be able to use his right hand. Like, it's not... That's pedestrian number for him, so... Yeah, no, but seven gotta, of nineteen shooting and one of five from three is not good. No, you got to you got to hit shots and and you got to get more comfortable with each other. Yeah, but also, I mean, for the Clippers, I thought ultimately they were more physical than the Lakers, and I thought the Lakers should have expected that. Like, yeah, the Lakers played a good first quarter and had the lead, but they're still the Lakers. The Clip, the Clippers came out in the second quarter and that's, and that's, really Kawhi Leonard himself. Punch the Lakers in the mouth. That's a dog that gets beat every week. You know what I mean? That's a the Clippers. Like that is something that's ready to bite back. You know, and they're tired. They they've been they've been counted out for fifty years. The Clippers and the Lakers, they're a fucking joke. And the Lakers know, and it's like even if you know you have to get up for this game, and they got up for the game. They didn't get enough. Both they teams got up, but they game. didn't get up as much as the Clippers got up because of guys like Pat Bev and Lou Will and Montrez and Kawhi Leonard and all those guys. Um, they're they're a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, and listen, Trez did a good job down low. They're a two way team. Patrick Beverly got ten rebounds, including a clutch one over LeBron in the closing minutes of the fourth quarter that ultimately sealed the game for the Clippers. And now I want to. We were talking, we were talking in the group chat on Instagram earlier today. Someone, or I, 
pretty sure it was me. I sent that clip of Steve Jackson and Matt Barnes with Stephen A. Talking about how Steven Jackson has always said LeBron doesn't have that dog in him. And we heard all summer about revenge Braun and he was nowhere to be found on Tuesday night. I was so disappointed in LeBron James in the first game of the season as the leader and the captain of the team. I felt like he didn't do enough. And and for a second I'm gonna I'm gonna lump A D into it because in the fourth quarter when they were down, they went into that fourth quarter tied 85 to 85. LeBron James and Anthony Davis combined for a total of two points in the fourth quarter. That's completely unacceptable in my book. Yeah, no, nah, they they fucked up. They for sure played horrible. I mean, I'm not going to judge LeBron's season and Ann Davis's season and the Lakers season on Tuesday night. They played a Clippers team that is constantly insulted by this franchise, and they wanted it more than the Lakers, and it made the Lakers look really bad. I mean, it made them look unorganized, dysfunctional, and hype. They, it made them look like the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm I'm not overreacting because, listen, it is one game, but I'm ready to admit that that was no ordinary first game of the season. I didn't give the, no. the Clippers their credit until I saw them on the hardwood and that game meant more to the Clippers than it did to the Lakers. It meant everything, exactly. It's, and that's why it's not surprising that the Lakers lost. Their their talent level is is I mean is basically equal now. I still would have gave the talent edge to the Lakers in that game because of Paul George being out. But yeah, they're gonna it's gonna be battles every single time. They but I gotta up. I gotta put that on LeBron as the leader in the no, Bron, the Bron, team. Bron, Bron, I think wears the loss proudly, and I think so does Ant Davis, and they both belong on it. But you can definitely give the majority of the blame to Bron. He didn't play good, didn't shoot good, and didn't didn't dominate like people wanted him to, and. That's got to change if you want people to be be happy and you want to get dubs. Yeah, but LeBron's a dog. That, I think the I, Steve, I think the Stephen Jackson thing it, is an opinion. Yeah, it's for sure an opinion. You know, there's but, it, it's just like you know one bad game. He's a he's an easy target right now. There's a lot of and people. and Kobe's just the Kobe's the 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 easiest guy to like. Who fuck as a dude that likes basketball or play basketball. Why the fuck would you not fuck with Kobe? He's just like the guy, like the cool, the coolest one to like, for lack of a better term. You know, it's easy to get behind Kobe. You know, like Quentin LeBron Jefferson. is so easy to hate. Quentin Jefferson and Darius Miles on their podcast, the Knuckleheads podcast, they call Kobe Bryant the Black Bruce Wayne. Yeah, well, there you go, the Black. Bruce. He yeah, because he's cool as fuck. He's just he's just like the he does all the he does everything right. Like every reaction he has, like the pumping the ball at his face and not like moving, and like the looks and the kills and and the late games. But it's like that that Mamba trait, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that like other players aren't great. Yeah, no, I don't it doesn't think, mean. I don't like, think Steven. Jackson, I think that like I think, I think that Damian Lillard has the Mamba gene. Yeah, like is a cold blooded yeah. killer, but he's not fucking Kobe and Mike. No, he's not on that level talent-wise, but I don't think Steven Jackson was trying to take away from LeBron's greatness. I no, he was trying. He was trying to describe a type of player. Exactly. But I think. But that, not. Most, I think most people don't he, understand that. No. Oh yeah. Well, I I understood that it was. I know what a, like Pat Bev is a dog. Oh, 
Pat uh, Bev is a Rottweiler. A dog, like that's a. I I know when I hear that on the basketball court, I know, I know what I'm in for, you know. And I think that Braun does have that more than people give him credit for. Yeah. It's just like he's just easier to hate in a lot of in a lot of situations. But yeah, I just think with the way the first quarter went and the intensity of the atmosphere in the building and on the court between the players, the fans, yeah. everything. I think LeBron tried to facilitate too much, and when it came down to it, he was he's the best player on the team. He should be trying to take over when they need him to. No, for sure. They, that's always been hit. That's always that's the that's the what Stephen Jackson is like. That's the trait. That's, Steven what Jack, for. That, that's what he's poking at. That's like what he doesn't like about him. It's like right. Kobe, Kobe wouldn't let anybody else shoot during the fourth quarter if they were tied. If the if the if the Lakers were tied at eighty five going in the fourth in the home opener against the new look Clips, Kobe's with, taking the first five shots. Kobe, no Kobe wouldn't let anybody else shoot the whole fourth quarter. Now see, now that's fucking cool. Like that's easy to get behind. <laughs> you know, like that's what I'm saying. It's it's like I get the greatness because I love Kobe. But I definitely think Braun's got some dog in him. Yeah. All right. You, you don't come back from being down 3-1 to a 73-win team and not have some dog in you. You know what's funny is someone someone on Twitter, I can't remember who, they brought up, it was like, I don't understand how anyone in the media can see what Steven Jackson said and not bring up the 2016 NBA Finals. Okay, how about how about this? In, 2000, in the 2007 playoffs, when he scored the team's last 25 points Against to, be, to beat the new bad boy Pistons yeah. and go to Cleveland's first ever NBA Finals. Yep. Scored the team's last 25 points. Now, what did I just describe Kobe would do? That's like, that. And, and so if you want to, you know, if you want to compare the traits, like, that's that's the dog in him. That's when he shows it. But he also shows it in different ways than I think Kobe and, and Mike and those yeah, guys show Yeah, for it. sure. So anyway, all right. The Lakers are 0-1. The Clippers are 1-0. They're about to tip off against the Warriors uh, right now, actually. And like we said, I mean, if any if any indication we saw from the Lakers and Clippers Tuesday night is the West is going to be no joke this year. Yep. So uh, I want to move on to a couple other notes from the first two nights of the season. First things first, what were your thoughts on the Raptors' championship rings? Fucking dope, man. Yeah, it's I love like- them. They're, they're always going to get better. It's just one of those things where every single year, championship rings are going to get more, like better and better. Did you see the picture of like the old San Francisco Warriors ring next to the... Uh, you the mean Toronto the original, Raptors? the 47 championship ring? Yeah. No, I didn't. But, I mean, I've seen... I just can remember the 90s like rings and just be like, dang, those are big. And it's like... These are huge. No, nah, these, are, these are sick. This is like... This is the whole culture, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, they were, they were badass, man. Like what, a, how cool would that be to have one of those? What I didn't like is they just be handing them shits out to their fans. Okay. Yeah. That now, was, now I they, actually they don't. got the replica ones. Now I, I actually don't know. Yeah. I was just about to say, I don't know if these two specific ones were given to them by the teams where they had, had them made. You're talking about Nav, the, the Indian yep. super fan. Nav, super, yep. So Drake and Jason of Beverly Hills, who made the championship ring, have a relationship. So he got one. He got a replica, though. No, because like got the a real one. now, no. What I now why Drake's, I'm saying this? Drake's an ambassador there's a specific. The there's a specific. There's a specific list of people that get rings. Yeah. So what I think is, 
Like, is he on the list of, like, ring? I think Drake is, but I think Nav, the, the super fan, I think he probably had to pay for his, but I think he has the money to pay for it, and so he did. Oh, yeah, no, I think they both would, like, I well, assume, yeah. I assume both of them um, had, like, bought replicas, but they were both were given to them, like, superficially. No, yeah. I, Nav no, that's got why his I think before the game with all the, like, right after all the players. That's why I think it's, like, a real one. Yeah. I don't think it's a replica. Like, I think they're the same exact rings, but I just wonder, is, like, is it, like, an NBA sanction? Like, if they hawked it off, would it be an NBA Finals ring? Yeah. Like, would Fred Van Vliet's ring be worth as much well, as... like, no, it, no. So, like, it's like it's like in the NFL, like, the front office type people get yeah. a different ring than the players and the players coaches. Players get cu- custom rings. And yeah. And, like, the front office people get, like, a standard, like, template yeah. ring. Kind of, yeah. But did you see... But it's only the sides that change. I think the player, like the players, yeah, like the front office has a different, like a team side, and then the players, the players have individual like stuff. Well, Mark Gasol actually had grit and grind engraved on his. That's cool. Yeah, shout out Memphis. <laughs> yeah, that I thought that was pretty cool. No, but they were sick rings. They killed it. Yeah. So all right, the Raptors they started their title defense against the Zion. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the NBA to go good. Go to the court out and start handing out chains. Oh, jeez. Championship chains. That'd be crazy. Well, Big Poppy has a championship chain with all of his rings on it. Yeah, no, those are fucking sick when yeah. they just put, like, rings on a necklace. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, the Raptors, they started their title of defense against the Zionless New Orleans Pelicans. That game ended up going to overtime, which obviously upset a lot of people. Yeah, it was, it was a good game. Yeah, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings in Sherman Oaks watching the game, and everybody was upset that the game was going to overtime because everyone wanted to watch the Lakers Clippers tip off. Yeah. But uh, the Raptors ended up winning that game in overtime. It was good to see Brandon Ingram and Zoe out there. I kind of felt like a proud parent, kind of. Yeah, no, I thought they both played good. and uh, Zoe kind of got benched, though, after that one-legged three-point attempt. Yeah, Zoe, or B.I., I just still can't get around his game. Just so, it just, no, so not, just not impressive to me. But whatever, I don't have to worry about him anymore. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it was like, it was like New Orleans got a big for most of the early part of the game. Yeah, they were Not big, well. but they had a good lead. And at one point, the, like, announcers were talking, like, the Raptors had lost and, like, how this feels and stuff. I was like, it's, like, the first half, you know? Yeah, and listen, I mean. And the Raptors bowed back, played good. Siakam's a stud. Fred Van Vliet's rip. Fred Van Vliet seems like he's ready to take a step. Oh, for sure. And listen, I think it was the perfect way to end ring night. Yeah. No, they killed it. Just crushed it all around. But, yeah, anyway, back to Zion. Obviously, the big news coming out of New Orleans. He's going to be out six to eight weeks after having surgery on a torn meniscus in his right knee. I want to ha- I want to ask you a question. How seriously do you think Zion should consider sitting out for the entire year to ensure he's 100% healthy and can really get in the best shape of his life probably ever? Fine. Not much. I I just don't think that he, I think that he's trying to get on the court. You think he just wants to play? Yeah, and uh, I don't mean get on the court like too soon, but I definitely mean that you know he should definitely wait till he's healthy and he's definitely out of shape. And I think that going around and doing all these media interviews and just like number one draft pick, kind of like the tour around the country, like everybody meets Zion, go everywhere, 
he didn't get to work out the same way, and I think he's overweight, and that's why he got hurt. 100% so, agree. My big thing about him is I wish that he would take a page out of the older big man's books, the Kevin Loves, the Duncans, the Dirks, and just lose some weight. And then say, fuck it, I'm going to lose 25 pounds. Well, I think that's what he's going to have to do now. play at 250. You know, don't don't play at 275. He like, shouldn't be ridiculous. anything more than 250. And and I just he'll still be like a 1% strength, percent you know, the 99th percentile strength-wise. Yeah. In the NBA, even at 250. So... I hope he takes his time, but I also think that it's important that he gets on the court. He's, I mean, he's going to be out till at least December, so it's it's yeah. tough when a you whole, when you a get whole, around. A Christmas. whole season is just like if they're if they're good, you got to put them in. But I mean, if you look at the trend recently of like these top draft picks that get hurt, these teams just end up sitting them, and then they come back and they win redshirt rookie of the year. So I mean, yeah, he was but already. That, but that doesn't matter. I mean, you want to do what's best. You want to do what's best for Zion and. Well, but uh, that's what I'm saying. Look at look at how it's benefited taking the year off for these players. No, of course it would. I mean, I don't. I'm not saying it's not going to benefit him. Of course, taking if he took a year off, just worked out for a year. But I think it's important for him to just get on the court as a rookie and live his dream. And and he's such like an, an exciting guy. I think he's so like so much hype. He wants to prove everybody wrong. Get on the court. I think he has the ability, and I don't. I don't want. I just don't want to see him as an injury-prone guy. So I hope it doesn't I don't turn think, out that way. I don't think that this is a point where he needs to shut it down for the year. Okay, all right. It's a different. He's a different excitement. Like you just, he's got to get on the court and play yeah. it, and play it out and get those reps. No, don't get and me not, wrong. And not. I lose. want to see him out there. You can't lose any momentum. You know, you just don't want to go down that road of like I'm an injury guy. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, that was that was opening night. Now, last night we had a full slate of games, a lot of new faces and a lot of new places making their debuts out there, and none as big as Kyrie Irving's debut in Brooklyn. He set the record for most points in a debut for any franchise in the NBA, and uh, he dropped 50 points, eight mm-hmm. rebounds and seven assists. But it came in a surprising overtime loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves and Carl Anthony Towns. So. His hometown team, you know. I mean, it is crazy that they lost. But, yeah, Kyrie is just on it. He's on it, man. He's, a, he's on he's, a mission, man. He's a, he's an extremely talented you know, basketball player, probably a top ten player. And how he, how he was able to, to get that good of a look after losing his footing like that, it, it was just impressive. The NBA Street move? Oh, the game breaker, like yeah. game breaker times two, whatever. Yeah, no, it was crazy. That's a good one. But, uh, so I got a... No, a, mad, mad props to Kyrie, crushed it. Yeah. I got a, I got a list of uh, some other notable debuts across the league because... Like I was saying, it's a lot of new faces in, in new places. But I wanted to start with the rookie, P.J. Washington in Charlotte. We were both pretty down on him getting drafted where he did. We both thought he should have gone a little later in the draft. Yeah. We didn't think he was a, yeah. a lottery talent. I wasn't a big fan of his. I mean, I'd seen a little bit of him just because he played for Kentucky. But I didn't really know him that well. And obviously what I knew of him was wrong. I mean, seriously, he's... Looking like a player. I mean, if he can, yeah. if he's gonna have opportunities and all, all year probably, and if he can take advantage like this, then they got something good. Yeah, and listen, he dropped twenty seven in his debut in a one point win over the Bulls for the Charlotte Hornets. And like you were saying, if he's gonna get the opportunity, I think 
Charlotte is the perfect place to get an opportunity. Yeah, because no, there are no expectations. He's fighting for shot. Terry Rozier and Miles Bridges. It's just you don't yeah. have Malik Monk. You don't got a lot of you know people fighting you for shots. So this is a great start for him in his young career. And fuck, you might have got him one of their only only wins of the year, man. Yeah, you might only get ten or twelve. <laughs> So, all right, the other New York team, the Knicks, had uh, a couple of big debuts for them. Julius Randle, the former Laker, grabbed uh, a double-double in his debut. He had 25 points and 11 rebounds. He also added six assists. And then his teammate, Marcus Morris, had 26 points in his debut for the Knicks. So, uh, I... I wanted to I'm, I'm ready for the Knicks. I like the Knicks. I think they are getting hated on way too much. Uh, I think they got a good collection of players. I They might be able to find a way to sneak into the Eastern Conference playoffs if if the dominoes fall right think, for them. I think they're going to be right around 40 wins. They could. They could. I, it would not but they got to like stay healthy and stay together and like keep playing. They can't be one of those like teams that just like has a completely different starting five by the end of the year. Yeah. And then, obviously, the much-anticipated debut of Chris Stapps Porzingis in Dallas. Uh, he was supposed to come back last year. They ended up keeping him out for the entire year. Mm-hmm. He had 23 points and four rebounds in his debut for the Mavs in a win over the lowly Wizards. So, uh, I mean, listen, him and Luka, the way Luka played in hey, the shout, first game. Shout out Rudy, though, for getting double-double in his first, in his first game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's what I'm talking about, but yeah, no, I mean Luca and uh, Luca and Kristaps are only going to get better. They're going to be. I'm not worried about them. I'm sitting back and going to enjoy the next five years because I think they're going to be. It's going to be fun. They're going to be a good combo. I have I have them as my dark horse eight seed right now. Yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> so uh, all right, moving on. We got Chris Paul in his debut for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He dropped 22 points, grabbed eight rebounds, and then his uh, former Clipper teammate, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, had 26 points in his debut for the Thunder in a loss to the Jazz. It's uh, definitely going to be interesting to watch that combo. It's just uh, a weird team, man. I just feel bad for them. I'm trying to like forget that they're in the NBA. I keep blocking them out. Just, I feel bad for Chris Paul. Uh, I think they actually have like good basketball players and a good team. It's just a weird situation all around. Like, Chris Paul obviously don't want to be there. And the rest of the guys want to move on with their fucking life. Yeah. Because they are actually a good core, you know. I, t- I like Shy. I like, I like uh, um, Gallo. I, I, oh, lo- I, love, Gallinari, I yeah. love Steven Adams. I love Dennis Schroeder. You know, they got some good young players. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, D. Rose made his debut for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, he had 18 points and nine assists in his debut in a win over the Pacers. The Pistons lost tonight to the Hawks. Trey Young dropped 38 points for the Hawks, but uh, I wanted to check D Rose's stat line real quick. No, I'm super oh. excited to see D Rose uh, in Detroit. You want to take on and just you know having a good having a good role on a good team again is just awesome. You want to take a guess at uh, how much he had tonight? 25. 27. Pretty close. I want his his number. He was 11 to 16 from the field off the bench. God, he's he's just, uh, it's cool to see D Rose out there. I hope he wins six man of the year this year. Yeah. God, how did I not pick him for six man? So, speaking of which, we forgot 
uh, most improved and comeback player of the year in our award awards predictions. I got I got right off top. I think um, I haven't done much thinking, honestly, but I got <laughs> I got Chris Stops coming for back. comeback. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. And uh, who's gonna make the jump this year? Man. I don't know, man. It could be. It could go a lot. Most improved is always just such a wild card. It could go a lot of ways. Who's like been given a good opportunity, you know, to kind of, to kind of step up. Yeah. No, I mean, I like I like the Chris Dabbs pick for comeback player of the year. Obviously, from taking a year off. Most improved. I think honestly, Bi and Lonzo have a shot at getting it. Yeah, no, they they definitely do. They have a shot because they have like room for improvement. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So it's like they they definitely can like if they show out this year, they'll for sure be a uh, be a contender in in that in that race. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know know who else I think could be like who could take that jump. You know, maybe Fred like Van the, Bleet? Yeah, I was just thinking that, but I just people already were pretty high on him. You'd have to. He, yeah, he he played very well in the, in the in the playoffs last year. Yeah, it's guys like Jared Allen for the Nets, or like that could be a good one. Or like or like John, John Collins. Collins for the Hawks, like those kind of guys. I think have opportunities. Nikola Jokic could win Most Improved. Uh, who do you got? Yeah, I mean that would be crazy though, because considering he could also win MVP. They thought he, yeah, they thought he was the best. Best in the league. But anyway, I got a, I got a few more debuts for you. Malcolm Brogdon on the other side of that Pacers-Pistons matchup had his debut, and he got a solid double-double with 22 points and 11 assists. Pacers did take the loss. We were kind of hot and cold about the Pacers in our preview. Yeah, they're um, middle of the pack, East team. Okay. All right, and then the last one I got is Hassan Whiteside debuting with a solid double-double with 16 points and 19 rebounds although it did come in a loss for the Blazers against the Nuggets. Like we said, when we were talking about the Lakers and Clippers, the West is no joke. Whiteside's a great uh, a great pickup for them, especially while Dirk is down. Uh, Whiteside's got a lot to prove to the NBA as far as his like, want to play the game, and yep. they need a center. Yep. And then uh, a few other notes quickly before we get to our game of good deal or bad deal. Blake Griffin is going to be out at least until the first week of November with a knee and hamstring issue that he's still recovering from from the offseason. How do you think that impacts Detroit? Man, uh, I mean, he's their, he's their team. He's their guy. I think it impacts them big time. And unfortunately, like, you hate to see them get off to a slow start without him because it's tough to dig yourself out of a hole. You'd rather them get off to a hot start, but... Maybe Blake opens it up a little bit, uh, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. I just think that they need Blake Griffin on the court. So it's, it's not good at all. Yeah. Uh, and then two teams that are definitely at the bottom of the pack overall in the NBA, Charlotte and the Kings are going to be missing two important players. Nick Batum and Marvin Bagley both fractured their fingers uh, separately, obviously. Uh, they're both going to be out at least a month each. Charlotte obviously getting the win because of P.J. Washington's debut. Uh, not really – doesn't really matter that Nick Batum's going to be out this team. No, we I know mean, what this team is. Yeah, Nick Batum's like just trying to get out of there. Yeah. Just play his days out or, or you know, do his time or get traded. 
Yeah, but, it's, but the Sacramento is like a team that's like they want to prove people wrong this year. Um, you're not going to prove people wrong by losing by 30 to Phoenix. Yeah, and I just don't think they have enough juice yet. Uh, I'm still with you. I still think they're kind of bottom feeders. Um, but they're definitely like an inspired team that has good young talent. But they got to stay healthy on the court together. And losing Bagley is not a good start. Yeah, and then obviously the team I just mentioned, Phoenix, they just got some bad news right before we started recording. God, this is sad. This is right. This is like flirting with the Zion thing. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton has been suspended for failing a, a test in the NBA's anti-drug program. He tested positive for a diuretic supplement that is banned for from the league, and he's going to miss 25 games. 25 games is a lot. Again, they want to get out to a good start. <laughs> for, for a team that's not going to win a lot of games, that that's those a, 25 is a big chunk. That's, a, that's, that's tough, and you just – I hope that this doesn't – derail his career projections at all because I think he's destined for greatness. I think he's destined to be one of the best centers in the league. He's one of those guys that could average 25 and 12. He's a nightmare. He's a nightmare. He's a nightmare physically to deal with. So, you know, I hope he just keeps his head on straight while he's suspended and, and comes back strong. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely the last thing Phoenix needed. Yeah. But all right. Uh, let's close the show with a little bit of a game. Uh, this time of year, obviously, we got the the rookie extensions needing to be signed, and uh, I picked four players that I think are pretty big impact players uh, that have a future in this league, and uh, I kind of wanted to get your idea on if it was a good deal or a bad deal for the team to agree to this type of deal with these players. So uh, I'm just going to start it off with the Toronto Raptors and Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam signed a four-year, $129.9 million max contract extension with the Raptors. Is that a good deal or a bad deal, Tyler? That's a great deal. Um, it's Toronto. They're not going to They're not going to get a ton of free agent pull, so they have to draft really well. And they got, they, they got a diamond in the rough with Pascal Siakam. He's a real deal. Great player, great matchup for all the the real scary players out there, the Durants, the Browns, the Kawhis, the Paul Georges. You know, he's a perfect matchup for those guys. So, uh, and he's like, he's still like young and kind of like, you know, not. He's like dumb about it, not like dumb like he's a dumb guy, but he's like he doesn't know any better. He's still, still a little rough around the edges. I still think he just goes out there and plays without even thinking about what he's really doing, um, which is good. Yeah, no. And listen, so I, think, I think the Toronto, I think Toronto was really smart to like really bag him up because, let's be honest, everyone knows their their better days are behind them as far as this team goes. This team's not winning another chip, so odds are to get another championship, you got to rebuild around a couple of the guys you got, and I think that's the Van Vleets and the Siakams, the OGs. You know, I think you got to you. You're Norman gonna have, Powell. You're gonna Norman Powell. You're gonna have to move on from Mark and Serge and Cal. Yeah, no. I listen. I'm I'm in complete agreement with you. I think it's a great deal for the Raptors. I think with Kawhi leaving, Lowry probably only going to be there for one more season, maybe even less than that. And uh, and if Lowry comes back, it's <clears> going to be on the cheap. So well, he signs. He signed the one year, thirty million dollar extension with them. 
to get him to next season. But, yeah, but I mean, like, happens. that's what I mean. Like, at that point in his career, if he's coming back, he's probably coming back to play. Yeah, but... Like, he's in different circumstances. He'll be coming back for the minimum or something. Right, but what, what that comes down to is the Raptors need a go-to guy, and they're betting on Siakam. And I love it. Yeah, and I, and I think Fred Van Vliet, just even from those Wichita State days, I think has got ice in his vein. I think he's a... He's one of those guys that's a primetime player. The guy just, you know, plays better when... When the stage is big, that's a that's a trait in an athlete. Yeah, and listen, he he more than lived up to to the contract in game number one, thirty four points, eighteen rebounds, five assists against the Pelicans in the overtime win. Completely dominant. <laughs> so all right, moving on. The next player I got on the list is Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics. He signed a four year, one hundred seven million dollar extension with another fifteen million dollars in incentives that he could earn. Like, if the Celtics win a certain amount of games, he plays a certain amount of games. Yeah. If they win the title, he makes All-NBA, All-Stars, all that type of stuff. I think it's a good deal for the Celtics. I think any deal with Brown that wasn't the five-year 170 was going to be a good deal for the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, you, know my, you know my thoughts on that. I think it's pretty evident. And, listen... They didn't look that good last night. And I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Jalen Brown, but I know he's, like, a better player than I give him credit for. So I think that the Celtics, like, if they want to keep him, they got a good deal. If they want to trade him, they got a good deal. Yeah. And I think that Jalen Brown's got a good contract. I, I don't I don't know. He may be worth a little bit more, but he got he got a really solid deal. Yeah, he turned down the uh, four the four years eighty million dollar offer that they initially offered. He got to the triple digit million uh, number that he was probably looking for. A hundred million dollar basketball player. Exactly. So I mean, like I was saying at the top, all these players got paid. It's a good deal for these players. I want to know if it's a good deal for the team or not. So I mean, I, mean, I think I think twenty five mil a year for a guy that's. Like a franchise guy, so you have bird rights and all that. Um, yeah, you can afford like you know three, three or four of those contracts. So it's uh, that's a pretty good deal if he's one of your top four player contracts. Because yeah. they're getting Gordon Hayward cheaper now. For sure. You know, so it's like they, unless unless he takes a step this year, they're getting play, and I think he will. But they're getting players for good prices. Yeah. All right. The next one on the list, I got the the Seattle boy, Dejounte Murray. Signing the four-year, $64 million extension with the Spurs. I think it's a great deal for both sides. The Spurs make him the franchise point guard for years to come. He's got a lot of promise. 18 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and the the win over the Knicks in the season opener. Yep. It's, He's a two-way. He, that's a great contract for the Spurs to get uh, get him because... They never, they don't hand out max deals. No, you know, they just, they just don't. So he is they have a bunch, injury. They have a bunch of players like that, and that's a, that's a great, that's a great contract for him. It's a great contract for, uh, for Dejounte. And just like Pascal, Dejounte is a two way, two way player that's young, and he's like, like six and, six, lanky. And just like Pascal, he's guarding all those superhero point guards. Yep. he's the one that's guarding Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul. Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard, John Wall. These are the guys that you have to He made all defensive team as a rookie, didn't he? Um, no, I think he was a second-year player, but he was like 22. Like, he was young when he, he was like it, one though. of the youngest one, I think. Yeah. Um, so, it's you know, he's a he's a great two-way player. He's never going to average 25 a game, but that's not what the Spurs want or need. No, they don't need him to do that. Yeah. 
All right, the last one on the list I got is DeMontis Sabonis of the Indiana Pacers. He signed a four-year, $77 million extension uh, with the opportunity to, opportunity to earn another $8 million in, in incentives. I think it's a great deal for the Pacers. It keeps them a part of that core that they're trying to build around Miles Turner, Victor Oladipo, now Malcolm Brogdon, and then Sabonis himself. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think yeah, it's I'm a good glad, fit. I'm glad he. I'm glad he got paid. I hope he stays. I hope they didn't sign him to trade him. I hope that he stays in Indiana because I like the fit. I like their team and I like what they're going on. And he's a big part of it. Yeah. So uh, some notable names in the restricted free agency class this summer because they didn't reach agreements with their teams for that rookie extension. We got Brandon Ingram of the Pelicans, Jakob Poetl of the Spurs, Thonmaker of the Pistons, Malik Beasley of the Nuggets, Damian Jones of the Hawks, and Bogdan Bogdanovich of the Sacramento Kings. So basically Bogdan and B.I. are like the only thing he would want on that. That's like going to yeah. be sought after. Yeah. But I, I'm i sure they'll be with their team, like their teams will match. Yeah. It, it, I, I don't see... I don't think anyone's throwing big money at them. No. I think, I think they're probably getting in that four-year 77, four-year to maybe 90. Who knows? I don't think they should get the five-year one seventy. I have to adjust my like reality because I know contracts aren't the same as they used to be. Yeah, I know. It's like ninety million dollars. Just seems like so. You're getting Carl Malone, or you're getting, (laughs) getting, you're getting Dirk, or yeah, you know. All right. So two other quick notes before we get out of here. Joe Johnson did not make the final roster for the Detroit Pistons. More tough news out of Detroit. Yeah, it's uh. It was it was dope while it lasted. Uh, I think we'll get a shot. I think it just I think it keeps the door open for players yeah. to use the big three as a way to get back into the NBA. Yeah, he was there. I think he'll get another shot. I think it's like Joe and Jr. and and Mello and I think all these guys will get another shot. Yeah. All right, and then the last thing, Steve Kerr said it's unlikely that Clay Thompson plays at all this season due to his recovery from ACL surgery. So that's obviously something to keep an eye on to see if Clay does indeed return at all this year. Yeah, I think that's smart. Fuck it. Yeah, I think they're building a Spurs type dynasty. It's like Steve Kerr is a former former executive in in the front office. He knows he knows what he's doing. No, and I mean they they got D'Angelo Russell. Like they got somebody to step right in and replace him, and they're right back to a similar. Similarly structured team that won titles. They got Draymond. They got Steph. They got Steve Kerr. Um, they're gonna they're gonna be right back in it. Yeah. All right. You got a shout out before we get out of here for this one? I don't. I didn't. I didn't think of a basketball shout out. Well, I got a baseball shout out. Uh, I'm shouting out the Nationals, who have a 2-0 lead on the Houston Astros in the World Series right now. The Dodgers were the last team to beat the Nationals this postseason. They swept. Uh, who they sweep in the NLCS? Why am I playing? The Dodgers have been out that long. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. That's uh, all right. Anyway, uh, I'm on the bandwagon now, hoping that this Cinderella story just continues to roll on. Lose, lose, uh, lose, Bryce Harper, and all of a sudden you're. Yeah, I mean, listen, you got to believe he's got some mixed emotions right now. Yeah, no, I mean, he's probably pissed. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, 
be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pachulke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well. And we are now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK Show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.